Hi, everyone, and welcome to What Would My Shrink Say, a podcast where you get inside the heads of a couple psychologists and see life through their eyes. You'll never be the same. <laughs> what are you going to call that? Rhymes anybody, with anybody, but his name <laughs> rhymes with Brits. With Brits. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Dr. Vo. Hi. How are you today? I'm well. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. Um, we decided we would talk today about uh, tips for assertive communication with your partner about a request for change. Yes. Maybe something's going on in your relationship you're not super loving um, or enjoying and you want that to be changed in some way. Mm-hmm. And so you're going to your partner to say, hey, can we address this issue? Right. How how does this go usually for most of your clients, do you think? Um, usually it's very hard for them. They agonize it over it ahead of time mm-hmm. <laughs> and they get themselves a little it does happen um they are able to at least partially able to kind of get the point across communicate the message but maybe not so effective um not as effectively as they would like to okay um and so then they feel like i i i have expressed a request expressed a need and then now maybe i'm not heard or it's not followed through and so now they're sitting there with that uncertainty of wait a minute is it that i just need to say it again in a more effective clearer way or is it this person is just not cooperating and therefore disregarding my request Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. yeah and, and yeah so so sometimes it sounds like your clients are saying um i've kind of made this request and i don't feel like I was heard mm-hmm. or I was basically ignored. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, sometimes too, clients have a hard time. It seems like making assertive requests as mm-hmm. well. Just kind of, how do I bring this up right. in a way? Um, sex is a big one mm-hmm. that clients talk about where, where making requests um, around that is a very sensitive topic, sure. understandably for people. Um, but, um, I'm I'm always surprised sometimes when I talk to clients that, you know, maybe have suffered through something or, or have experienced something for years and never really assertively spoken to their partner about it at right. all. You right. Know? Um, not even allowing for the opportunity to be maybe ignored or, or uh, unheard, but just not communicated, period. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Thus, um, inadvertently making room for them to be in a position where, well, I've put up with it (laughs) for this long. Maybe I can't, you know, it's foregone now. Maybe it's too late to address Mm -hmm. it. Mm -hmm. Or leaving room for like, wait a minute, this has been an ongoing issue, outstanding problem um, for me. Um, Does the other person not know? Does the other person not understand or care enough to understand? So it leaves a lot of room for a lot of interpretation and meaning making that they place upon it too. Yeah. Yeah. So what kind of tips do you give your clients in these situations as far as uh, making requests mm-hmm. and then following through with those? What, what do you usually, what are a couple top two or three tips that you might um, uh, give someone in that situation? And certainly these are some things that you can start out with. These are not dictates, right? But, but one thing I would suggest would be when you're making a request, um, making it as clear and concise as, as possible, right? Um, but the biggest thing is to um, not personalize it because chances are the other person isn't going to just 
um, immediately and with pure enthusiasm <laughs> say, sure, <laughs> I'll comply, I'll go along, I'll make this change, right? Because it mm-hmm. does require some effort on their part. Mm-hmm. Um, so one is to, easier said than done, but try not to personalize it, that it's not about me that they're um, turning down, that it's not me or um, the importance of my request that they're disregarding or diminishing, right? Um and maybe try to look at it as if they're resisting or they're not cooperating, maybe it's not about resisting or rejecting me and my request, but more about what might be really important to them that they're trying to protect. Mm-hmm. And then I think that can le- really leave room for an open discussion. You might actually generate really useful information with which to build off of your request and making it more likely that the other person is willing to um, negotiate and therefore um, make the change that you're asking for. Yeah, that's a, that's a good um, pointer, I think. Uh, it's so hard not mm-hmm. to personalize yeah. some of those things because it feels very personal. It feels, um, well, it's your relationship and it's your feelings and it's your uh, preferences that you're communicating. And to have someone not be receptive to those that you're in a, a close relationship, boy, is that easy to personalize. Sure. To... Um, to make their response about their feelings for you and mm-hmm. they must not love me or they must not care or it's easy to do that right. I think in an intimate relationship so you're saying make the uh, communicate those preferences um, but really be attentive it sounds like is what you're saying listen to that and, and, and take note of the response right. and try not to um, internalize it or personalize it right away mm-hmm yeah. Mm-hmm. Because that's a, a, a window wherein you can really, um, it can yield useful information, right? Mm-hmm. With which you can then work with them and negotiate and renegotiate so that you can actually um, make it more, your request more and more and more likely. Yeah. Yeah. I think that's a good tip. I hadn't, I hadn't thought of that. Try not to personalize the responses initially, but mm-hmm. gather data instead. Yeah. Yeah. Um, I like you. I think explicit communication is really important. I think a lot of a lot of times, especially as you're talking about your preferences in a relationship, it's such a, it's such a point of vulnerability mm-hmm. because you're kind of letting your your feelings and 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 uh, maybe intimate desires be known to that person, sure. right? You know, you hurt my feelings in this in this situation. Can you can we can you work on stop? You know, are, are not talking to me like this or whatever it is there's a vulnerability to that and and you For recognize sure. the other person could mm-hmm. say no you right. know i mean that's a so the vulnerability there i think um influences a lot of clients to kind of him and haw to beat around the bush or to communicate in passive aggressive ways sometimes right. what they want right. rather than just really explicitly say here's what i'm i'm looking for and here's what i would re- prefer mm-hmm. um do you see that with your clients as oh, well? Absolutely. Kind of really and I difficulty. think that um, for many of them, it's like, well, somehow if I was to make it so explicit <laughs> that it would somehow cheapen it somehow, that mm. doesn't mean as much, that you should have just known. If you really knew me and cared you know, about me, you would have known in the first place and should have known in the first place, right? Yeah. So somehow by explicitly stating and therefore making a request, uh, somehow kind of cheapens it. And so therefore, I should just sit here and cross my fingers and wait <laughs> and hopefully that this person somehow accidentally does what I want them to do. <laughs> yeah. Or picks up on my passive aggressive mm-hmm. cues or, um, 
Yeah, it's it's interesting how some people will communicate. Couples do this um, manding. Have you ever heard of manding? Um, it's it's a, a a way of communicating with what you want without really saying it. So, you know, couples will do this after a while because you start to get to know each other and you personalize right away and you just kind of figure what what you were talking about earlier. If they knew me well enough or if they cared. Right. You start right. from that very person. They would just know this. Right. I, I don't have to tell them. Right. And so some people will say things like, boy, it's hot in here. And it's not a request that you turn up the air conditioning. Right. But you're hoping that they get that message and that they get up and turn on the air conditioning. Right. Um, so it's called a verbal mand. Right. You, I you, see. you state something without really stating your request. It's not explicit at all. Mm-hmm. And it's, it's fascinating to watch couples communicate. Do you do couples therapy at all? I, I don't. You don't, I yeah. Do not, yes. Well, I, I, every once in a while I'll do couples therapy, and you can see couples that that communicate this way a lot. Mm-hmm. They just kind of make these statements, and they're hoping that the other person understands what they're wanting, and then they can get really upset if right. they don't get the response they want. You know, it means they're not caring, or they're not listening, or they don't, um, or they never do, right? Mm-hmm. They never pick up on those men, so. right. Um, manding can be a really poor way of negotiating <laughs> uh, and negotiating in a relationship. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. So in so that case, it would really be beneficial to you and the other person to say, actually, I'm really hot. Would you mind opening the window? Exactly. Yeah. AC. Yeah. Oh, you're doing that. Thank you. <laughs> yeah. You know, you bring up a good point that, that starting from that personalized point that if they, if they loved me and if they knew me, then they just, they would do these things. Right. Because that's already kind of, to me, it almost seems like you've already personalized it. Mm-hmm. You're already in that position where their behavior is about their lack of love for you or their back, lack of interest in you. Right. Well, that's a really hard place to start a negotiation from. Right. Because if you start out with a, a, a condition, right, like if this, then that, then absolutely you're already restricting what you're paying attention to, restricting the terms, <laughs> um, possibilities, and then therefore the outcomes that you're looking for that yeah. you might not be getting, right? So you're restricting all of that down by already starting with that premise biased skewed as premise yeah yeah boy and let's say well you and i are friends so if we schedule to have lunch together um every wednesday and you're late 15 20 minutes and when you're late and you show up and sit down i say um you know i've already got a coke i already ordered my drink you're gonna have to order for yourself and that's my way of manding i've been here for a while and i would appreciate you showing up on time right Boy, there's a there's a huge signal that's lost there. Oh, absolutely. I'm already resentful and angry and frustrated. And and maybe internalizing this and thinking, well, Dwayne cared, she would have been here on time. <laughs> she obviously doesn't care about right. my time. Yep. And, and then I, I might then put on my layer of interpretation, such as I just got here and you just went ahead and ordered your drink and well, that's rude. Well, <laughs> that's not thoughtful, right? So now here we are sitting, sharing space, but we are not on the same frequency, not on the same topic, needs, etc. Or, or you could just blow right past it and be like, oh, yeah, yeah, I'll order my drink next right. time. You know, and I'm sitting there fuming because you didn't hear me. Right. Right. And you're, you're, I'm still stuck maybe in that rhetoric of she doesn't care right. to be here on time. And um, man, have I not communicated my preference at all right. really to you yeah. thus further feeding into 
right? This now not no longer simmering anger or resentment, right? Or hurt feelings, but now it might actually start boiling a little bit. Yeah, yeah. You know, it's, it's fascinating how resentment can grow Quick. really quickly, right? especially if you're not really explicit. Because if I said, Dwayne, I've been here for about 15 minutes and, and I've got to be back to the office in 45 now. When we do this, would it be... Could I ask you to be on time? Would that be okay? Now that's embarrassing for you, and it's really assertive, right? Sure. To do that, but then at least you know what I'm thinking and, and experiencing in this, and, and it offers you a response to, or an opportunity to respond authentically as well. Sure. Right. Sure. And then it sets up the it occasions it for some troubleshooting and problem solving and negotiating, right? Which could really be potentially be really constructive, constructive and helpful. But if it's well, I ordered my drink, you know. I, I've, I've been here for a minute, so I ordered my drink already. Right. That's how I keep it. And then you're like, yeah, okay, great. I'll get my. Coke and oil, oil, right. So unbeknownst to me, right, that that's happening now. You're um, uh, further accruing, right, more meaning behind that, which is well, now she's late, inconsiderate, and rude, and now doesn't even care to apologize. Do I not mean anything? Doesn't even. <laughs> Does this care. relationship not mean anything? Right. Right. Yeah. Whereas if you said, "Oh man, Todd, you know what? Wednesdays are bad for this time," you know. I have a client that, you know, goes right up till 12. It's kind of really hard for me to be here at 12, you know. Then we've got data. We can right. pick another day. We can move the time back. We can make some adjustments. We can actually uh, try to that negotiation, mm-hmm. right? Or you might just say, you know what, Todd? This is the best I can do, you know? Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't really have any time on my schedule. I think this is the best I can do. Now I can actually start wrapping my mind around the fact, oh, okay. Sure. Dwayne's doing what she can. We'll just do twelve fifteen. I'll be okay with that, right? Or or, or whatever. But without the explicit communication, um, if I just say I've been here for a while, so I went ahead and ordered my Coke, um, which is all factual, which is all factual, <laughs> but <laughs> but a man right. and in a and a man that wasn't heard, um, man, you can just go round and round and round like that. Mm-hmm. It's really difficult. Yeah. 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 So. So being explicit, I think, is I agree with you as far as giving tips to clients about how to um, really be assertive about change in their relationships. Being being uh, very explicit about that is is definitely at the top of my list of tips. Right. And then your next tip was try not to internalize the response. Right. Which I think that's a great uh, tip. I hadn't I hadn't thought of that. Um, But that allows you to just gather information. um, Right. And, and assess it. And that's useful information because there, I would imagine, will be times wherein as you gather more information, it does suggest that this person doesn't care <laughs> to mm-hmm. make you sit there and wait, etc. Then that's also useful information, right? What do I do with this now? Um, but most of the time, it's probably circumstantial. Maybe most of the time, it's unbeknownst to me, you know, or that um, I knew I was late, but you have never said anything about it. So here I'm thinking, it's no big deal, right? So most of the time, I think a lot of the unexplored <laughs> um, um, types of questions and information are just lost. Yeah, um, I think you're right. I think a lot of things um, are unsaid right. between a lot of people. You know, a lot of frustrations, a lot of resentment goes uncommunicated or communicated very poorly at least. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. You know, the, the other thing is if that, um, 
if if I communicate my preference, hey, can we start this at noon or or what's going on? Are you gonna, is is twelve fifteen as good as you can do there? Um, it just allows you to kind of deal with reality mm-hmm. rather than that imaginary kind right. of situation in your head. Right. Yeah. Yep. And There's then the problem remains the problem, like the situation, not the Dwayne. constraints, the problem rather yeah. than me. Right. Yeah. Um, or Dwayne's um, lack of respect for me. Right. Yeah. Isn't Yeah. Because that often becomes how couples fight. Oh, my gosh. Yes. You know, you did this, which means you don't care. And then the other person's got to kind of convince you that they care enough. Right. Right. That that's not true. But then, then the situation never gets resolved. <laughs> And, and you see couples fight about the same things a lot that way, um, where the argument becomes much more about someone proving that they care for somebody rather than how do we find a solution to this right. lunch problem? Right. right? Yeah. yeah. And by having to prove, now I have to be defensive or it leaves room for you to interpret my trying to prove um, um, as being defensive. And then, you know, yeah, snowballs from there. That's really hard. We we've talked a lot about boundaries uh, on the on the podcast before too, um, which would bring up maybe my one of my tips, which is um, after you've heard their response and you really understand that, and hopefully you reach some resolution about what's going on, to put really good boundaries in place so that you feel good about that as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so then, let's say if we switch the lunchtime, right? You and I talk and we say, yeah, Tuesdays are better. I'll be able to be on time. Um, and that starts happening again. Then I can put some boundaries in place to say, I'm not doing this, right? Right. Um, and a lot of my clients are, are reluctant to to put boundaries in place because then they're worried that, well, I just won't have lunch with Dwen then. Right. You know, that, that might go away. If I, if I, you know, get up and leave when Dwen's 15 minutes late, you know, if she hasn't gotten to the restaurant, then I don't get to see Dwen. Right. What do you tell your clients when they about boundaries when they're not acknowledged or not followed by other people. Sure. So then there's that fear, right? The the obvious fear the, on the surface there, but encouraging for them to look at what that's one facet of it, right? Sure. Um, it would be sad. It would be a loss if you didn't get to see me <laughs> um, <laughs> every week. Um, but also if, if we've talked about this, we've troubleshooted this, et cetera, and I'm still late, right? I'm still crossing boundaries. Then another question, the bigger question is, is this worth it to me? Mm-hmm. Um, sometimes the answer could be, yes, this is worth it because Dwen is Dwensy. <laughs> so I'm willing to <laughs> put up with her being late. <laughs> it's Dwen's day. <laughs> <laughs> it's Wednesday. <laughs> Usually not this way. <laughs> it's definitely, yeah. Um, um, I'm sorry, I lost my train of thought. Is it worth it to me? Is it worth it? Um, so sometimes you do realize and you weigh the relationship and you go, yes, it is worth it. So I'm, I'm willing to put up with this. This is fine. Or sometimes when you do that soul searching and that, that gut check, right? And you're like, no, this is not worth this. Mm-hmm. Then yes, the uncomfortable reality is, oh shoot, right? Maybe I'm just not bringing this up and I'm letting my boundaries crossed, uh, be crossed um, left and right because I'm fearful that yeah. it may come to an end. Yeah, right? or, or be tra- changed dramatically. Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. That's not. That's often a, a, a hard part. I think with couples, sometimes, um, sometimes the fight is over really what I would almost distill down to an incompatibility. You know, they don't see a situation the same way mm-hmm. at all. Right. Um, and 
what what ends up happening is a lot of repeated con uh, conflict about this thing right um that never really gets addressed and agreed to in a way that would allow the couple to move on from it because they're just they may be very incompatible in that context I'm sure. not saying all together but sure. um sometimes they're just not going to agree right yeah on those things yep and 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 just because incompatibility does exist doesn't mean that it has to be a deal breaker either yeah. right um it's then calls for both parties to put their heads together and try to approach that differently rather than here's incompatibility let's apply the same strategies the same approaches etc that haven't worked up to this point mm-hmm. um then then yeah the incompatibility is going to overtake the relationship and they may may be doomed or just remains kind of yeah and some incompatibilities are huge sure. you know um yep. and, and some you know like you said like well they're, they're just going to be 15 minutes late i can tolerate that because i really care about this person in this yep. relationship or whatever it is and it's not ideal but you know a, a 45 minute you know lunch with them is better than nothing mm-hmm. you know and and um goes a long way so um you know it, the biggest thing about boundaries too though is is that um if you don't respect your boundaries nobody else will oh, right right and so right. if you're if i'm willing to just keep showing up you know and and be angry with you every time you're 15 minutes late and and remind you that i've already ordered my drink cuz i've been here a while mm-hmm. uh that's a choice i'm making right definitely making a choice there um unfortunately i think a lot of people don't acknowledge that choice that's being made mm-hmm. and they'll start blaming the other person, right? Oh, here I am again. You know, I'm, I'm early and Dwen's late. I hate that Dwen makes me feel like this. And I hate that Dwen does this. And, mm-hmm. and that blame starts where um, you're making choices. Right. I would be making a choice in that instance and, and then blaming you for it, which right. I think is really yeah. unhealthy. Because if you code it as the other person is the cause of my hurt feelings, right? Then now all you see is it's 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 not my responsibility. I don't have to hold myself accountable, right? Yeah. It's almost as though they also are now causing and are responsible for my choices that I'm making, that I'm not perceiving as deliberate choices, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, yeah. Yeah, and so many, I think, couples moments are distilled down into those choices that people are making. And, and a lot of the questions that um, sometimes we get from listeners are, man, I've communicated assertively. My partner's still not responding in the way that I want them to. What do you do there? And that's where I, w- I kind of recommend, well, you should respect your boundary in that case. You know, right. um, it sounds like they're not, and you might have to, mm-hmm. or might want to. Right. Uh, respect your own boundaries. And maybe so. because you are inconsistent, you seem ambivalent, <laughs> mm-hmm. and therefore they're able to distill that, able to see that, and therefore go. They also question <laughs> that boundary because you are exhibiting um, doubts yeah. and uncertainty. Or inconsistency right, in your response. Yep. Yeah. So I guess that's not it. that important to them, right? Because they're not always asserting it. Um, so no big deal that I'm late again. Yeah. 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 Okay, so to sum that up, it sounds like, um, um, oh, did you have another I, I have another tip. Yes. Um, so once you go through the, the, the challenge of stating it um, explicitly and clearly, and then if, if they don't go along with it, uh, um, immediately try not to take it personally and really gather information. Like, I'm curious, what's, you know, what are you hesitating on or et cetera, right? To gather information and then um, be able to come together and, and, and come to some agreement there. Another tip is... Um, um, 
once you go through all that challenging stuff, the trouble of doing that, um, make it help them so that they're able to give you what you want and need. So once you've made that request, pay attention to their actions and behaviors, right? Mm -hmm. Um, If they're doing something, anything at all that's remotely close or closer (laughs) in the direction of the wanted, um, desired behavior, I want you to acknowledge it. I want you to encourage it as much as possible, right? Because what we're doing is slowly, um, either explicitly or implicitly, trying to train them. Like, these are the types of things I want you to do more of Mm -hmm, and mm -hmm. stay away from being late, staying away from et cetera, right? Um, So so that's also the follow-up ongoing thing that you can do is really pay attention to their actions. If they're giving you anything that's remotely close to what you're asking for, acknowledge it. Hey, that means a lot to me because that means that you heard me. Uh, it means that you do care. It means that, you, um, uh, that, that you're invested in this relationship and we're a team, for instance, right? Yeah. Acknowledge that so that they can see the, the fruits, <laughs> they can see the payoffs of, of engaging in this change mm-hmm, um, mm-hmm. and maybe do more of it. Yeah, I like that. Uh, especially if you're requesting a change that isn't exactly easy for the other person. Right. Let's say you're just kind of constantly, constantly habitually late. Um, and the next time we have lunch, you're only five or 10 minutes late. I might say, hey, thanks for showing up a little closer to the time, you know, <laughs> like, whatever it is. But but I think you're right. Really reinforcing attempts or, or behaviors that are in that direction of the the desired change is a really mm-hmm. big deal. It goes a long way. Oh, if you don't, the other person can kind of lose interest in that right. potentially pretty quickly, mm-hmm. especially if it's difficult for them. Sure. Makes me think of, you know, like fairy tales and they lived happily ever after dot, dot, dot. Like, wait, there's so much that happens in the dots, right? The off, so same after, thing yeah. here. Sometimes that people have worked themselves up to like, okay, I've made the request. I made the request. Now it should just work. It should just play out, right? Mm-hmm. No, it's in the maintenance. It's in the, hey, thank you for doing that. Um, next time, can you do more of that, right? Mm-hmm. Um, that's the ingredient to more permanent change. Change. No, I agree. I agree. So explicit communication not internalizing, um, really paying attention to their responses, Mm -hmm. setting really good boundaries around that, and then really reinforcing um, the desired kind of change or or anything in that direction. Absolutely. Can help you get more of it, possibly. Mm -hmm. Shaping that behavior. Hey, everyone. Dwayne and I really appreciate you listening to our podcast. Please rate us on iTunes and follow us on Instagram. And if you have any questions or comments or topic ideas that you'd like us to consider, please let us know in the comments section or in a comment on Instagram. Thank you.